1979, all the fathers of Nobel Prize winners were rounded up by United Nations military units, all right, and actually forced at gunpoint to give semen samples in little plastic jars, which are now stored below Rockefeller Center underneath the ice skating rink. We want to be there for the thaw. <laughs> I mean, it's disgusting. You know what they put in the water, don't you? Fluoride. Yeah, fluoride. On the pretext that it strengthens your teeth. That's ridiculous. You know what this stuff does to you? It actually weakens your will. It takes away the capacity for free and creative thought and makes you a slave to the state. flannel podcast thanks for tuning back in i'm chuck williams joining me in nebraska is brendan williams brendan how you doing i'm hanging in there do you guys remember you're always hanging remember in remember when the government shutdown was a thing that was over quick <laughs> well you know <laughs> we did get that episode out fast enough that it was still relevant which was nice it was still relevant even though it was after the fact dude in a Scaramucci, you're gone. In an Umbop, you're not there. We're always going to find a way to bring Hanson back on. It would actually be great to talk to Hanson about increments of time sometime. <laughs> but, but let's do that another time, because right now we've got to introduce you to our other co-host in Arlington, Texas, the great Matthew Hodges. Matt, how's it going, man? You guys, I wanted to talk to you about our OPSEC here on the, here on the show and See, because the thing is, like, <laughs> we've had this secret society for a while, right? Um, right. Yeah. And I guess I'm starting to get concerned that maybe we shouldn't just openly call it a secret society and, like, Yo. text it to each other on our work phones and stuff. Oh, are you yeah. saying we should... What, what are we doing at our top secret meetings yeah. tonight, guys? Are you hey. saying we should actually get people to listen to the podcast and not just do it in secret for ourselves? <laughs> you know, actually... The listeners are kind of in the secret society. The society is so secret that you didn't even know you're part of it until after it already happened. This is to the you, reveal. You know? We're going to hashtag release the memo right now. You're in on it. Oh, man. This memo is full of bull that I'm sure we're going to have to cover here, ranging in a variety of topics. I'm not even going to try to pin them down for a sweet intro. So uh, without further ado, let's just jump right into it. Submitted for the approval of the Midnight Society. I didn't get the memo. Was it about the uh, cover letter for the TPS reports? I think what's great about the I get what's great about the whole release the memo thing is that apparently it's a memo that Republicans have put together, right? I mean, it's not like well, it's oh, really? just that it's Devin like, Nunez guy. It's just that one guy, so far as I could tell. So it has pictures right. in it. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's 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 just pages out of a coloring book. <laughs> right, <laughs> it's highlights. <laughs> no, it's that that Ted Cruz coloring book where like every single page is just an American flag and like zodiac oh, killer symbols. Sure. <laughs> Dude, that's awesome. Yeah, so so this memo is written by De Devin Nunez, and what does it say? What's Devin trying to tell us? Well, I, it it's related to this whole thing with uh. That there's some secret society, there's, uh, you know, like, democratic-leaning collusion within... It's it's the deep state. Um, it's... I don't know. Every time I see somebody tweeting about this, I picture the It's Always Sunny episode where Charlie is working in the mailroom and trying to prove the existence of a guy named Pepe Silvia. <laughs> wow. Well, but really, it's like, apparently, the the secret memo is all about how, like, Obama and Hillary Clinton like used illegal tactics to spy on Trump and then like right. frame him for Russia by, you know, colluding with the FBI and the CIA and the Illuminati and sure. who knows? I mean, Poss who knows? Possibly Russia also. I the mean, lizard Russia people may be involved. Yep. It's who could, who's to say? I mean, until they <laughs> right. release the memo, we'll never know. The Atlanteans, um, feminists. Yeah. <laughs> All the, all the wow. fictional uh, things. 
I didn't realize how <laughs> deep this gets. But yeah, I mean, so basically he's saying, and he's like saying, uh, like, I have a secret memo that proves like everything that Obama and Hillary did, but the government won't let me release it. My baby's got a and secret. Then the, the, the obvious <laughs> rebuttal is like, well, the government is you, like you're in the government and so right. is so just so is Trump. Shit. So like if and right. he's like, well, I can't release it because it's super classified or whatever. And it's like, well, then tell go tell Trump if if it's that important, then Trump will obviously let you release it if it like exonerates him or whatever. Oh yeah, tweet, he'll he'll tweet it out at yeah. like six a.m. on a Saturday before he hits the links. And, but no, it's it's more mm-hmm. beneficial to them to just say that it exists and not release it, so they're not doing that, of course. Well, right, which is exactly right. the same thing that happened with this whole you know hashtag secret society where they said you know yeah. there are all these all these missing text messages between these two FBI agents who were shit talking Trump, and it turns out, like if you look at the rest of their text messages, they're shit talking everybody, um, but. One of the ones sure. that um, that they say, you know, like it, one of them mentions a secret society, like a secret society. And this was blasted all over conservative news, all over Fox, all over. I'm sure Infowars talked about it um, for like three or four days. And then they found the text message and it's somebody just making a joke about like, you know, if we're going to have a secret society, then, you know, we need to be better about it than this or whatever. It just it's obviously right. like tongue in cheek. <laughs> there's no there's no secret society. There is a there is a deep state, but it's not what people think. It's like, you know, the thing that Republicans and Democrats just unilaterally uh, voted to reinstate, you know, the uh, surveillance of American citizens. Um hmm. All of the all of the Patriot Act NSA powers, like yeah, there's a deep state, but it's not like um, some group of uh, you know military and law enforcement people planning a coup. Right. It kind of sounds like the same kind of fear they had about the Antifa super soldiers. <laughs> oh my right. god! But yeah. one of the <laughs> but one of the things that's funny is now you've got guys like Rush Limbaugh coming on their shows talking about how you know the FBI is doing all these crazy underhanded things and. You know, they they really control the government and stuff like that. And then you're saying, well, so now do you believe those black people that were talking about COINTELPRO? And he's almost there. And so <laughs> right. I, I love being that dude that slides in and says, hey, so do you believe that they might have been sabotaging the black community and just try to pluck off a couple of those people that are like, well, yeah, you know, now that you mention it, damn, maybe they were. Yeah. Who knows what they were right. doing? No, absolutely. You know? <laughs> In, infiltrating your, your local organizing group. You're uh, fighting a, a new bypass That's or, right. you know, some, some like, <laughs> chemical plant going in. Like, there's, there's a cop in the room. Yeah, I mean, it is ridiculous right. how the parties have basically, like, totally flipped or whatever, where, you know, now Trump is out there. Uh, you know, and all the Republicans saying like the FBI, I can't trust them. They got us into this mess in Iraq or whatever. And right. all the Democrats <laughs> right. are like the us. FBI like needs to save us. They're the only people that are trustworthy in the entire government. It's right. it's absolutely ridiculous. And no, I mean, both sides are wrong. Like the FBI is all of those things at once. Like I'm sure yeah. there's some people at the FBI who are doing the best they can to like do their normal law stuff. And there's crazy people out there right. who are like, you know, like <laughs> there's all these stories Doing the of them just scandal. like <laughs> hanging out at mosques forever and being like, hey, do you guys want to bomb America or whatever? And they're yeah. like, no. Yeah. And they <laughs> call the FBI. 14 like year old kids. Right. Yeah. They call the FBI and say, like, guy. there's a guy at our mosque trying to get us to blow stuff up. And they're like, don't worry. Don't oh, worry yeah, he's about one it. Of us. <laughs> right. Thanks for the call. Dude, that was a great, that was a great Amer- This American Life episode. So, you know. Well, it's, it's totally true, too, that, I mean, both parties love this police state that we're living in because, I mean, it's not like Obama didn't use, you know, the, the FISA warrant system in order to survey, you know, let law enforcement surveil American citizens. Um, mm-hmm. All of the, all of the shady, like, wiretapping that we do of, you know, I mean, when, it, it turned out that uh, the American uh, diplomatic system had been systematically wiretapping like Angela Merkel, you know? Oh, yeah. <laughs> and they were like, oops, sorry about that. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> well, right. But I, I think it is hilarious that their defense of them basically com- all doing all these communications with Russia and then lying about it for forever is to say, well, mm-hmm. it was illegal for you guys to be listening to us. You know, that's the real crime is that you were listening in on all the crimes that we <laughs> right. were doing. Um, and they're like, well, we weren't listening <laughs> right. to you. We were listening to all the criminals that you were talking to. <laughs> right. Yeah, And they're like, that's we, not the way we I see it. We weren't expecting to find you in the room of the criminals we were planning to already surveil. <laughs> yeah. But, you that's know, great. but instead of like, you know, instead of releasing the memo or whatever, they literally send it to like Alex Jones, who is tweeting like, I've just gotten a copy of the memo. Tune in to my show where I'm going to break down the real secrets for you. That was a pretty good Alex Jones impression, but I, I don't think there was enough yelling. I don't uh, think... Uh, I, I'd, I'd actually... I need you to take your shirt off if you're going to do an Alex Jones impersonation on the show. Yeah, take your shirt off and and start gargling with salt water and gravel right. for about 15 seconds. <laughs> yeah, the memo forget, is real. It's real. For, it's a real memo. There you go. Forget Dude, your kids' names you you temporarily right. because you, you had something spicy for lunch. Yeah. Well, and, <laughs> right. and speaking of Alex Jones, Alex Jones also recently said that he's, you know, there's this thing going around where they release Trump's schedule every day and the schedule is literally like 6 a.m. to 1 in the afternoon a Trump just does whatever he wants. It's yeah, called that's, executive, that's executive time. time. Right. Yeah. And so right. Alex Jones says like, what does he do at this time? He calls me Alex Jones on the phone to have a chit chat, which is, that's which is actually, what you want the president doing. That is literally the most believable thing Alex Jones has ever said. <laughs> it's true. Is he trying to say this in defense of him? Like, no dude, he's doing work. He's calling me. He's every getting day. the real news. Or is he trying to say this like, this dude ain't doing shit. You know, like, I don't know. I don't know where he's going with this. What emotion is he trying right. to? Well, actually, from? the best part was that he said that he he frequently misses his calls because Alex Jones doesn't get up that early because Trump gets up at like six a.m. and yeah. he's on East Coast and Alex Jones is on like West Coast or whatever. So you know, it's a whole schedule. Like, Trump doesn't really understand the whole time zones thing, so it's it's hard for him. <laughs> The night shift. Yeah, <laughs> dude, that's great. Well, but I mean, to, to answer your question, Chuck, I think what's going on there is Alex Jones, as he does, is just building his brand, right? Because the, I, th- I think the Venn diagram of people who support Donald Trump and the people who listen to InfoWars has got to be pretty close to a perfect circle, right? So all Alex is saying really is that <laughs> the president trusts me. That means you can trust me. Right, I mean, they credentialed okay. Infowars okay. as part of the like official White House press corps or whatever. So, I mean, it's not like it's a secret that. I mean, didn't he? Right. Didn't Trump go on Alex Jones' freaking show or whatever? Yeah, yeah, he definitely did. That's yeah. ridiculous. Oh, for sure. I don't have a problem with the the credentialing. I mean, honestly, I I think they need to bring back Weekly World News and give them White House <laughs> press credentials. I'm okay with more people having access to like press conferences well you know that's 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 actually this is funny so that's actually a russian like infosec operation in that when putin came into russia one of the first things he did was say i love the press so much that i'm gonna have more people at my press conference and so he he opened up the press conference to more and more people um until it was just ridiculous. There was friends. literally like hundreds and th- or thousands of, of people at these press conferences. Oh, man. And so nobody could mm-hmm. ask stories and he could get to pick and choose who he wanted to ask from. And of right. course, because there were so many people there, he could like pretend like I'm just randomly picking a random person from one of these yeah. thousands of people. And they just happen to be my biggest fan. You know, what do you yeah. know? All, all of them happen to be yeah. uh, sycophants who from work at... Yeah, or or <laughs> right. any other like local news outlet that's owned by one of my oligarchic cronies. Right. Yeah. Which is funny because Trump tried to do that too, and like he even introduced like the Skype interviews or whatever. So oh that he yeah. Could what do happened it. to those? Oh, it fell apart because first of all, no one in the White House like can figure out how to like run. They don't have like an AV club or whatever over there. So <laughs> right. Uh, <laughs> I also, mean, they couldn't figure out how to turn the lights on when they first got in the building. <laughs> right. So like that did go up. <laughs> right. well. And then all the people that they would get on, they were such like ridiculous sycophants for the Trump administration that it right. just immediately mm. became embarrassing. Like one of the first people they had 
add on for that literally said like hail president trump and they were like oh wait never mind we can't Whoa, we can't buddy. do this anymore <laughs> yeah, dude. these guys don't know how to behave and pretend to be legitimate even so they kind of yeah. shut that down <laughs> they think it's like fubu for them you know they're like Wait, I thought this was where we could say that. This is our safe yeah, space. Yeah, exactly. You know, so. The guys, guys calling in from like the the Cedar Rapids National Socialist Tribune or whatever. <laughs> and <laughs> right, <laughs> hate to break it to you, Billy Bob. Sorry. <laughs> so, <laughs> wow. So actually, I'm kind of disappointed that it turned out that there was no secret society. Um, I, I, I'm. I'll tell you, I'm disappointed for all of the liberals. The people who, you know, are posting like erotic fan fiction of Bob Mueller, uh, the people who like, uh, you know, like, OK, that's that's bad, maybe. But like, think of think of all of the information they must have gathered. gathered. There's this rogue group of, you know, it's it's all Jack Ryan from the Tom Clancy novels, like trying to expose corruption right. at the highest levels, you know. <laughs> and then it turns out like, no, it was just a joke that two people who were who were bonking after work made to each other in text messages. Well, right. And the, the the best part about it is their text messages were just like, oh my God, did you see what Trump said today? Like, that guy's such an idiot or whatever. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, we're just like, that's what everybody says to each other all the time, including like <laughs> Paul Ryan at press conferences. You know what I sure. mean? Like that, if that's a disqualifying thing, then literally no one should be serving in the government because if who among us has not said Trump's an idiot? I mean, <laughs> right, I think right. Trump himself <laughs> right. has probably said it even. Well, I just want to know is what was Jack Posobiec's stance on this in terms of the FBI? <laughs> I mean, was is he was he saying anything about secret societies cuz I'm sure that he wanted to be as secretive as possible this week and probably could have identified with that. (laughs) Flawless transition, yeah. Um, Yeah, Jack Prilosek's having his own problems right now. Um, Oh, man. Ask his doctor if that's right. And so this guy, this guy's a a former, like, Navy intelligence officer or something who now is just a crazy Trump fan on Twitter. Like, that's his whole deal? Yeah, I think that's... Which seems to be a budding industry. That's the thing. He's sort of a, I don't know... He's Cernovich. He's a Cernovich type character who, yeah, he's he's just one of those people who replies immediately fifteen times every single time Donald Trump tweets and builds up his own brand. Right. You know, another one of these uh, like conservative opportunist uh, type of people. Right. You know, I checked in on that recently, and those waters are really drying up. By the way, I know this is non sequitur, but. It's like the responses to Trump that they just don't have that zing anymore. Like from either side, I don't even I don't even think the alerts come to my phone anymore. Oh, I, I think it's all just, it's just getting a little. Stuck. I think at this point it's all just automated scripts. Oh, it's, it's all bots. That, like, yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah. like Jacob yeah. Wool. There's no way that uh, Jacob Wool actually types out like 20 tweets immediately every time. And it never every time that that's how you can tell, because none of these tweets really have anything to do with the subject matter. You know, Trump will tweet about, you know, it's a, you know, a beautiful day in in America, even for my even for the losers and haters. And immediately it's like, you know, at impeach Trump uh, 1776 tweets like 15 times. It's just, you know, all caps like. (laughs) bogged down with with hashtags like and and it always starts with sir like sir do you right. know that you know bob Mo, you know hashtag un- unleash the muller you know <laughs> right but, back, but right uh, so back to prilosec though like what was his beat or <laughs> well it did we it turned out that uh apparently so jack's been married uh for not too long i think for um just a few months or a couple of years or something. Not not real long. Right. And somebody... About two scare yeah. <laughs> Somebody noticed, I don't know, somebody using the dating app Bumble, which is, that's the one where it's it's Tinder, except only women can initiate contact, which has got to be an improvement, to be honest. Um, so it's kind of like a backwards prom. <laughs> right, yeah. It's, it's the Sadie Hawkins dance yeah. of dating apps. I got asked uh, to the morgue, <laughs> right? <laughs> um, somebody noticed that uh, Jack Posobiec had a Bumble profile and reported it to Bumble, 
who immediately made, you know, a, removed the account and sent back like, thank you so much for alerting us to this. Like Bumble stands for people who are inclusive and, you know, share our values. And he and treat women with know. respect. Right. Well, right. and my theory was that he was on this like feminist version of, of Tinder so that he could like secretly like try to go on dates with feminists and then like yell at them about how feminism is a cancer or whatever, oh, which absolutely. is a, a thing that he likes to do. But he actually had another uh, excuse, which was that his identity was stolen. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> which wasn't a good look because didn't Bumble confirm that he signed up for the account with his Facebook account? Yep. So, I mean, that kind hey, of... Hey, uh, I saw him tweet that he was going to immediately report this identity theft to the FBI... The most trusted organization in the government, especially, so. especially among the all right, the secret, yeah. the, the secret circle of the That's FBI, right. the, the, the fraternal secret order of <laughs> the fraternal order of the right. FBI. I sister. So I mean, but, he you know. he tried to do the right thing and reported to the authorities, but the secret FBI cabal, you know, got in league with the secret <laughs> Twitter dating apps, and they're just trying to take Trump down. Man, it's just it's a shame out there. Yeah. Well, I mean, personally, this would fall into my category of who gives a shit this is an internet dude, but this dude is the guy that stood up during Shakespeare on the green or whatever in New York and started screaming out, you're all Goebbels, you're all Goebbels. (laughs) Oh, yeah, that's right. (laughs) Oh, wasn't that his wife too? No, no, that was was Laura Loomer. Oh, that's right. Who, yeah, she's... um, a Jewish alt right person <laughs> who like got kicked out of university and was like fake dating baked Alaska for Man. about two umbops awesome. or scaramuchis. Four, four scaramuchis equals two umbops. It should almost be like, man, I wish they just had a metric system Seriously, base 10. For- we're we're going to need to make a table of this and put it on the Twitter. Oh, yeah. Um, the, the different uh, <laughs> amounts of time and how they translate to each other. But I think Brendan made a really good point that this was Jack Posobiec's attempt to do um, what, what amounts to like a mission, like a Mormon mission. Right. Uh, which which <laughs> implicates his religious freedoms. You know, if Bumble like kicks him <laughs> off, you know. Donald mm. Trump is is all about, you know, protecting people's religious freedom. So if you made the argument that this was this was, you know, part of his holy mission, um I could I could see him doing that, you know, he's a a religious traditionalist and he may have a friend in the in the government now who can help him out with that. Yeah, I guess yeah. so. I mean yeah. No, it it makes a lot of sense for the alt right to try to reorganize Absolutely. themselves as a religion and just get all those like sweet like government loopholes or whatever. Absolutely, I, I assume that will happen any day now. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Now we all know how the majority and the media in this country view the Catholic Church. They think of us as a passe, archaic institution. People find the Bible obtuse, even hokey. Now, in an effort to disprove all that, the church has appointed this year as a time of renewal, both of faith and of style. So we got to get into some of the local news. And in fact, actually, I wanted to lead this in this way. So before we talk about some of the local Midwest states and what's going on here, Chuck, you had some state uh, activism going on. Weren't you marching out there in the in the marches? (laughs) That's right. I was out in the streets. Getting people on their feet. Were you in Lincoln or in Omaha? No, I went to the uh, Women's March in Omaha. So the J20 anniversary, the 2.0, the remix. And it was cool. It, it was just kind of downtown to the, like the Gene Leahy Mall and then sort of around the old market and everything. They said that there was like over 10,000 people or something. It looked like a ridiculously huge amount of people. Oh, yeah. And it didn't feel like a whole lot of people at first. But once you started to move, you realized that it was pretty big. Uh, but even in Lincoln, Nebraska, Lincoln had over a 1,000 people, which was pretty good for, for Lincoln estimates. So, right. yeah, it was a good time Yeah, uh, for sure. It was like a one-year anniversary of the Women's March from last year that was like the biggest protest ever. But some cities 
had more people turn out this year than last year, which is absolutely crazy, including Chicago. Right, exactly. Some some cities had more people turn out this year than last year. Some cities this year went for multiple days, like had two-day marches and things or two days of activities planned and everything. But I think also the anniversary was kind of poignant this year because that was the day that the government went into the partial shutdown. So I woke up and it almost felt like Christmas Day. It's like, it's government shutdown day and we're going to the march. It was an amazing way to mark exactly one year since Trump took office. Right. The guy who ran on being the deal maker had his government shut down on him on the birthday of his presidency. (laughs) Right. I'm retconning the Democrats' intentions to basically just to ruin Trump's big party that he had planned for the one year anniversary, because that's really all they seem to have accomplished is just not letting Trump go to his party. But, you know, I'm fine with that, I guess. A win's a win. Well, which was crazy because he skulked around in D.C. Did nothing. And I think on Sunday, he like he spent the day watching video of him attacking Obama for Obama's shutdown in 2013. From that report, it, it seemed like he was really satisfied with that. Like he felt like that was a good use of his time. It wasn't... Like a Shakespearean right. figure that some people want to make Trump into would <laughs> would be watching that footage and going, you know, how the mighty have fallen. I was so right when I said it. And now they're saying that, yeah, exactly. They're, they're saying the, the same thing up. about me now. Like the, these are my, you know, the skeletons in my closet that are coming out to haunt me. But no, he wasn't. He was like, oh, the man. Like, the cradle music it, starts I, I guarantee you he was sitting in his office watching that video going like, yeah. Fuck Obama for letting the government shut down on me. The boy was just like me, Dad. He's watching himself on TV say, like, well, when a shutdown happens, the only person you can blame is the president. It all comes down on the president. And he's saying, like, I was totally right about Obama, but for (laughs) me... I'm totally right now about how it's all the Democrats' fault. I'm always yeah. right. Seriously. I'm so glad the news right. is, is pointing out how right I am all the time. Like, that, that's his interpretation of it. Truly amazing. We got off on a Trump tangent again. It happens. <laughs> we, we need to bring it back. We got to stop. To the local. We're checking ourselves in 2018. To the local stories. But so Trump appoint No. So <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. So Trump did appoint. Finally, we've talked about this amazing story in the past with Kansas governor Sam Brownback, who has been just desperately trying Wonderful man. to get out of Kansas by, <laughs> by any means necessary. Do not pass go. Do not collect two. They are not huge fans of him in Kansas these days. No. So he had this ridiculously unpopular tax plan where he said, we're going to cut all the taxes and the businesses are just going to flood in. And so he cut all the taxes and the businesses were like, uh, Kansas, yeah, I don't it's still know. Kansas. And they didn't flood in. Yeah. And then they just said, like, oh, well, now we don't have any money. And they said, like, we'll just give it time. You know, you got to give it time. And they gave it, like, five years. Yep. <laughs> and <laughs> it still didn't work. Yeah, five, five years during which they had to slash public health services, public education, um, infrastructure spending, sure. um, stop, yeah, stop paying yep. your, uh, like, law enforcement. Yeah. And so right. he finally got this sweet gig where he convinced Trump, appoint him as the official Trump administration ambassador at large for international religious freedom. And Wonderful. no, that's not just some random, that's not a Mad Lib <laughs> that I just did. Like that is an actual <laughs> right. apparent government position that we have now, which consists of, I guess, just him like getting paid a six figure salary and like to pray a lot or so i don't even know like what it is well i love how jobs nowadays have no actual listed duties or no qualifications i mean it's like that dude is like that lawyer dude or whatever his drugs are in an umbop he's gone or whatever the guy <laughs> right, exactly that the, literally 24 year old who had literally never held a job before uh, that they appointed to be the new drugs are. Yeah. yeah. But hey, the opioid right. crisis, it, he's taken it very seriously. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> because it probably took a lot of opioids for him to not show up to that job that he got right out of law school or whatever. Well, and so many positions are like he's not even nominated anyone. Like they they don't even have candidates sure. lined up or whatever. But right. he made sure to appoint the ambassador for international religious freedom. I mean, that's religious freedom. That's a top important. I mean, if you don't have that guy in place, then maybe 
there won't be like as much religious freedom for Sam Brownback or something. I don't know. <laughs> right. In the world, he's international. So like, is he going to go deal with like that Rohingya Muslim slaughter or whatever in <laughs> Myanmar? <laughs> I'd say we send him over there, you know, the religious freedoms at stake. The, <laughs> so. the Rohingya genocide is, is not funny, but I have to laugh because it's not registered <laughs> to just imagine Sam Brownback even being yeah. passively aware of that as like an international religious crisis is so <laughs> yeah, laughable. Right. He is yeah. he's going to be like Rohingya, what now like there's yeah. different like, most kinds of Muslims, what? They're so crazy over there. I don't know. He's like can't they just take money from a rainy day fund? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right. He's just going to go over there and be like I've got the solution to the Rohingya genocide crisis. Deregulated amusement park. We just got to cut taxes, you guys. <laughs> like if we cut the taxes, oh, like man. everything will work out. We need his leadership. It's great. His great leadership of completely destroying the entire government of Kansas has been inspirational to another local governor, the governor of Nebraska, Pete Ricketts, Uh. who has proposed a ridiculously low budget because there's a budget crisis in Nebraska and we just have to cut, 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 cut. But great news, the more we cut, the more jobs will just come rolling in. Absolutely. Just like down in Kansas, man. <laughs> well, right. as long as we can make sure that corporations can take over parts of the state and run them as like company towns, like 1890s, you know, Pinkerton enforced like Wild West villas, then, you know, we don't need we don't need taxes like Jeff Bezos can just like pay to make a road. I can't wait till we start seeing Foxconn pop up in Omaha or like out in Grand <laughs> right. Island, Tecumseh. <laughs> so. Well, they're getting that Costco chicken plant or whatever, so I mean, oh, yeah. that's how that's going to go. There we go. Well, the thing is, Ricketts is in a pretty strong position right now, right? Because, I mean, the U.S. federal government just adopted basically the Kansas plan for the whole country. Oh, my God. So right now, it's like, no, it's strike while the iron is hot. You know, this is a good, this is a popular plan right now. Like Trump, Pete Ricketts is the same kind of guy that just nominates or appoints people to shit without even knowing what's going on with them. I mean, so you got Trump doing it with that drug czar, but Pete Ricketts did it with, like his judge or his nomination to the Nebraska state Supreme court just resigned. Like after two years of being on, he's like, man, I'm out of here. You know? Right. So, yeah. right. Very suddenly and very mysteriously. So it's, it's weird. Yeah. For sure. A two sentence resignation letter that was basically just, this is incompatible with my family responsibilities. Right. Uh, Which is kind of like... Thank you for the opportunity or whatever. Something is going to be coming out, and I'm sure Liquid Flannel cannot wait to uh, report the details as they emerge. But one of my favorite things is that Pete Ricketts, in his State of the State speech or whatever, where he laid out his budget plan, explained it this way by saying, if we cut the income tax in Nebraska and we cut a bunch of Nebraska state taxes... It will gain money for the state because all of the young people won't leave the state of Nebraska (laughs) because of all the great income tax benefits or whatever they're going to get, Hmm. which is absolutely ridiculous on its face because what young person uses income tax rates as like a decision of what city there or state they're going to live in? Exactly. I've had people ask, what's it like to be a black person in Nebraska? But I've never had anyone ask me like, Hey, what are those tax rates like up there? I'm thinking about moving to a place with a little more freedom, you know, so. Right. Well, and also, I mean, consider the fact that so many young people are saddled with massive student debt right now. Oh, for sure. Yeah. In a job market that doesn't favor that sort of, I mean, unless you're you're working in like pharmaceuticals or technology startups, there aren't a ton of jobs out there. So it's the millennials spending all their money on avocado toast theory of economics, you know, that like, no, they just don't have any fucking money. So they're going to spend like a little bit on, right. they're going to buy the PS4 because it helps get them out of this capitalist nightmare scape right. that we've constructed. Right. And it's so funny because in the same speech where he talks about like, we have to capture the young people, we need the young people to stay here and work and, you know, spend money in our state and we need to cut taxes to keep them. 
And also we need to cut like the education budget by like 50%. Or it's like, uh, right. Weren't you just talking about how important it was to keep young people? Like what, what are you talking right. about yeah. right now? The people who might be at a stage in their life where they're, they would look at like, you know, what are our taxes going to be if we live in one place or another? Those people are settling down. They're trying to start a family. They also want to know that, you know, the streets are safe and the schools are good. Or that the streets, like, are structurally <laughs> yeah, the, the, safe. That the streets too. actually <laughs> exist and that the schools right. actually that exist. That they're not unpaving <laughs> right. the roads. Right. Well, and let me tell you, the streets are not great. I've been driving on them and they could use some work. Right. For sure. Truth. Back to Brownback, just to, to wrap up that story, you know, it took him so long to get confirmed for this thing, and it did end up going along party lines. Mike Pence had to break the tie. Governor Brownback really doesn't have great credentials when it comes to any kind of religious freedom other than, I assume, you know, letting people say Merry Christmas, which they were prohibited under federal law under the Obama administration from doing. Or to say it's a shame when someone has to like make a gay wedding cake you know the point about the the rohingya muslims is a really good one because he's not on record as ever having condemned anti-gay religious activity in any other country in fact was very hostile to the lgbt community while he was governor so it shouldn't be a surprise but it is very clear what sam brownback's intent is yeah right. on, on what religious freedom means to him Right. Well, because he was mysteriously silent when those uh, terrorists in Kansas were trying to blow up an apartment complex full of Muslims. Absolutely. He wasn't yelling religious freedom so loud that Trump heard him and said, we need this man to spread this message globally. Like, that's not right. what was happening. And he had the opportunity to do it right under his nose, and he didn't do it. So we, we know what type of religious freedom. Absolutely. You're yeah. right. Speaking of other freedoms, I did want to hit on... This thing out of Missouri, a fellow running for uh, the Missouri Senate Republican primary candidate whose name is Cortland Sykes. What a name, dude. It's pretty unbelievable. He does sound like a he sounds like a slave hunter in like a Quentin Tarantino film or something. That's like that's the kind of name where you can tell someone was desperate to have a kid play Little League, you know, grow up to play <laughs> Little League baseball. Come on, Cortland. Keep yep. your eye on the ball, Cortland. I found this thing on Twitter, and initially, I really thought, especially, okay, so I'll, I'll do this in reverse order. He said on Twitter, you know, typical lamestream media taking my statements out of context and making me look like the bad guy here. Like, this is why you can't trust, you know, the, the liberal mainstream media and all their fake news. So I was like, oh, okay, maybe this thing was constructed by, like, an opponent um, and... Things are taken out of context. You'll hear in a second that it's hard to take some of this in or out of context. But so I looked it up and no, like this was a thing that he posted to his Facebook page. And what it is, is a kind of a compiled group of his beliefs on the question of do you favor women's rights? Okay. And it's it's amazing. It's it's an amazing document in the in the era of Trump. Nothing should be terribly surprising. But Wait, this I'm is. Sorry. He's posing, again, this is another example of a ridiculous person making a statement. He's asking himself a question? Yeah, essentially. I mean, <laughs> This is just like that guy with the marijuana makes uh, black people go crazy guy who was like, and why did they make marijuana illegal? <laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs> right, yeah. It's like no. inner monologue, bro. Keep it on the inside. Completely unforced <laughs> error, saying the quiet part. There's nothing in this except for quiet parts that he's saying loud. So I'm just going to read a couple of uh, paragraphs from here. This is uh, Cortland Sykes, a uh, candidate for a Missouri seat, uh, Claire McCaskill's seat in the Senate out of Missouri. Starting off, do you favor women's rights? Well, Chanel, my fiance, has given me orders to favor them, so I'd better. But Chanel's know that my obedience comes with a small price that she loves to pay anyway. I want to come home to a home-cooked dinner at six every night, one that she fixes, and one that I expect one day to have daughters learn to fix after they become traditional homemakers and family wives. Think Norman Rockwell here, and Gloria Steinem be damned. <laughs> wow. he literally, this guy thinks Norman Rockwell is real. <laughs> right, those paintings. <laughs> those are paintings, bro. And half of them were satirical. No, that was documentary evidence of what life was like in the 50s when women had the rights to 
not legally be allowed to wear pants. It was just a better you world. You know what? I'm sorry, but I modeled my family after Salvador Dali paintings. Think Salvador Dali's melting clock, <laughs> and then you'll know my family. <laughs> what? That's a, that's completely normal, right? Yeah. No, I mean, we know that everybody, you know, every woman 40 years ago loved to be at home, be pretty, clean the house, and cook. And take Xanax and drink like a gin martini every day at two o'clock so yep. that she didn't have to like think about how fucked up her life was, you know, That's right. and, and he goes on to say, I think it's a principled stance he, he takes here. So the principled stance of like, I will never cook dinner for my family. Never. Right. Seriously. Not once. Yep. <laughs> my family can expect Eggo waffles and frozen soup. Can soup. <laughs> One time my daughter was like, can you pour me a bowl of cereal? And I was like, get that trash out of my face. That's woman's right. work. How dare you? About to smack the braces off her. He needs to watch the most important feminist movie ever made, Mr. Mom, starring Michael right. Keaton. I'll, I'll read this next paragraph, and you guys will see that this actually comes from... He's really thought this out, okay? So, I don't buy into radical feminism's crazed definition of modern womanhood, and I never did. They don't own that definition. And never did. That's good writing there. <laughs> they made right. it up to suit their own nasty, snake-filled heads. Nasty. Snake-filled. <laughs> Miss Jackson, if you're nasty. Is, is snake-filled a, a thing? Snake-filled, I think, is uh, trying to throw back some biblical reference to... Uh, I was just going to say that. The Garden of Eden mm. and the Temptation of the Serpent. Right. That's not, that's not the only good run that he's got on uh, adjectives here, because... He's, he's talking about his daughters a little while later, and I want them to build home-based enterprises and live in homes shared with good husbands, and I don't want them to grow up into career-obsessed banshees who forgo home life and children and the happiness of family to become nail-biting, manaphobic, hell-bent feminist she-devils who shriek from the tops of a thousand Dude. tall buildings. <laughs> oh, my God. Again, he released this on his own fucking Facebook page. Couldn't fix the typos. I would expect this if it was like, he wrote this as like an op-ed for like his college Republican newspaper or something. Is this guy 24? Oops. This guy's not a kid, right? No, he's not. And in fact, the, uh, the photos of him that you can find were clearly from some photo shoot. And he does look like... He's like a little bit more grown-up Patrick Bateman or something. <laughs> He's not a bad-looking dude. I, my first thought when I saw it kind of out of the corner of my eye was like, Hugh Jackman wrote this? I thought he was cooler than that. I, I could see his daughter like running away from the house when when he's like, hey, can you come make me dinner? Your mom's not here. And she's like, you know, I'm going to go do a paper route. And he's like, you modern woman trying to get a career, you career-oriented right. bitch, you, get, you come oh, yeah. over here. And I love the, <laughs> the image he paints of himself, right, where he's like, right. I wouldn't want a, a woman to become a, a career-obsessed banshee for going home life and children when this guy literally hmm. two sentences ago was like, I will never cook dinner for my family. I'm too busy out here running right. for the Senate. Yes. Yeah, well, no, but that's a man's work. You know, that's that's the man's role in his in his worldview. Absolutely. You know, I almost wouldn't mind these guys. It would almost be justified if they were on the side of because we believe that the woman's place is in the home. We fight to make it so that you can actually survive off of one person income in a family. Right. And, you know, we'll make it so <laughs> right. that the women can choose to stay home because they don't have to go be lawyers to pay for their husband's medical school that he's going through right now, you know, like sure. that kind of shit. Or support his video game habit. <laughs> right. Yeah. But but they never are forced to think that way, and it's partly because they've got a bunch of weak competition. So um, so, so he, he wraps up here, I support women's rights, but not the kind that has oppressed natural womanhood for five long decades. The kind of wrongheaded women's rights, in quotes, that allows mean-spirited, radical feminists to use political correctness and their little broom label of, quote, sexist, to define womanhood and women's rights for me, for my family, for you and your family, or for my country and my country's family. No, no, he doesn't say it, and my country's family. <laughs> and the world, but seriously, that's a very long sentence. But good news, they're finished. Ask Hillary. Well, you know what? <laughs> I, I would believe half of this bullshit from him if it actually came from his wife, but none of it does because he's not letting her speak. So his, you know. his totally right. real wife named Chanel, right. who yeah. definitely, she only lives in Canada for right now. And you guys, 
I could show you pictures of her, but right. I'm not going to. And she like, laughs for no one else, you know, like. <laughs> right. God. I do love that he starts this off by saying, like, do you favor women's rights? Which is, like, yes. such a weird sentence construction that I'm End like, I'm not even really sure what that means. Like, what does favor mean? It doesn't say, like, support, endorse, or anything like that. It just means do you favor him? Right. And he still oh, says, right. like, well, my right. wife says I have to, so I totally do. And it's like, no, you you don't. But but this guy's admitting <laughs> right. that he knows that he can't come out and say, well, I don't support women's rights. So he's still trying to say, like, I do support women's rights, the rights to not have any rights. <laughs> right. On my yeah, terms. The, the rights to obey their husband, have a bunch of kids, and make sure that my dinner gets on the table at six o'clock, bitch, and it better Seriously. not be cold. Seriously. I bet if you ask this guy, like, do you support a woman's right to, like, know how to read? And he'd be like, well, how else are they going to read the recipe cards? Of course I do. <laughs> right. Man. Yeah. But not even not even support. <laughs> it would be favor. Do you favor? It's like, I don't know. I mean, I guess on balance, I'm not... I'm not going to, like, go out in the streets and try to, like, teach, <sighs> teach some broad to read. <laughs> this dude. After all the, like, crazy left-wing people push Claire McCaskill out of office because she's, like, not Democrat enough, I look forward to this guy taking the seat. It's really going to be a better outcome, you know? <laughs> yeah, right. well, you know, we deserve either one. It's all shit. That's an official uh, liquid flannel endorsement for Cortland Sykes for uh, U.S. Senate. This guy, he's, like, not even... They're just doing the primary right now, so he may not even be the the right. actual candidate, but I hope he is so that I can see him get into a debate with Claire McCaskill. It's going to be oh, yeah. freaking hilarious. <laughs> I don't want him to be, because I want someone that would actually challenge her. It'd be fine if he won and then won outright and just turned things to shit, whatever, but I would rather it be somebody that can actually make the Republican side seem compelling beyond a team sport aspect, you know, and actually make Claire McCaskill be accountable for their record, you know, like make the Democrats actually do something by putting them up against somebody who is going to say that's the point of a primary, not this bombastic bullshit, you know, speaking of unexpected races or whatever in Utah right now, the Republican, the only black female Republican, to my knowledge, in the House of Representatives, Mia Love is in a close race with a Democrat, Ben McAdams, who's a white dude who's a Democrat. So right. this is a real topsy-turzy race over here where you've got Democrats saying, like, get this black woman out of office <laughs> because <laughs> right. she's a Republican. <laughs> right. Get an old white dude in there, please. <laughs> finally, Man. finally, we've, we've got diverse <laughs> thoughts. Utah always knows how to flip the script and everything. Right now, we should go take a break and then try to wrap this up here. In my one-on-one -on -one interview with Nebraska Governor Pete Ricketts last week, I asked Governor Ricketts specifically about those two school districts seeking tax levy increases. Administrators in both districts blame a lack of state funding. Despite the fact that our budget only grew at 0.6%, that's 0.16%, Overall for state budget, our commitment to edu education grew at around 2%. So you can see the state is significantly prioritizing K-12 education. The governor noted the state is also dealing with tougher financial times because revenue coming in is down. Do we have any kind of funny segue? Something extreme? <laughs> Extre extreme... <laughs> Ex uh, uh, was, uh, some some extreme sports, maybe? Was anything about the last segment extreme? <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> um, I think our country is extremely well, fucked. Um. Well, there, there you go. Close enough, you know. So speaking of the extremes, you know, you think about those old extremes. Vanilla Ice. There you go. There's a classic extreme. Vanilla Ice's album to the extremes. <laughs> right. <laughs> we're, we're bringing some extremes back. And no, we're not bringing Vanilla Ice's to the extreme back. We're bringing back the extreme football Good. league. That's right. Not not quite. The XFL. Not quite exactly. Coming back, baby. Not quite exactly contemporaneous with Vanilla Ice. It was like. Like 10 years later, so eight years later or something, the first time they tried this, where it was like, this isn't your dad's football. This is the XFL. Right. Like, everything's going to be all... Actually, what were they offering? Here we go! So, originally, the XFL was... Uh, it was founded in 1999, and I think they played their only season in 2001. 
and it was founded, I think, by Vince McMahon. Sure. Of the WWF. Yeah. Now, now WWE. WWE. Sure. Exactly. Trump. Trump so wrestled it was supposed in, to famously. be yeah. where it was like these. It was football at the next level where they'd let these dudes fight and do cheap shots on each other and not protect passers and all that kind of shit. I don't think I've ever seen anybody get injured during a coin toss. This is what makes the XFL different right off the bat. Man, if this doesn't make headlines, nothing will. The coin toss resulted in the first injury of the XFL season. Here's a look at it. Did you guys ever play those Sega games, the Mutant League... Uh, sports yes. games, yeah. So like mutant, mutant league, league football, which I've been best. advocating for for forever. Right. Like the way you take care of right. doping in sports is you just split every sport into two leagues. One of them will be the super clean. You've got to wake up every morning and piss in a cup. Like right, you know, there's there's like a cop in your house to make sure you don't do drugs. And then sure. the other one is like go fucking buck wild, man. Like we're talking like road rash rules, like wrap your fists up in fucking barbed or wire. Or have like you know? one college and one like pay the kids <laughs> right. or yeah. whatever. You yeah, know? Exactly. Like, well, so the XFL was kind of like that. I mean, there's always been efforts to have well, these I other. They wanted, they wanted people to think it was like that, but it wasn't like that well, at right. all. And that's why it failed. And you pull up you pull up the jerseys. I mean, these dudes were allowed to have crazy ass nicknames. So like <laughs> I was dying laughing in this freaking Mexican restaurant in front of John. I, I looked down. This dude's jersey on the back it says, He hates me. He oh, that guy me. was the best. He that guy hate was me. yeah. It's like that... now what's that on the back of his jersey? Brian Trout. Sure, they got you know they can put any name they want on the back of their jersey. So you got nicknames, you got everything out there. I know you got nicknames, but that seems to be a phrase. He, he hate me. He hate me. Don't be a player hater. Who hates him? I, I, everybody apparently. You? He. Oh. You got to be specific, dude. I'm sure more than one person. Come on, you got to elaborate. <laughs> give, give me something to work with. But, uh, yeah, so they're, so they're bringing it back, right? They're, this, uh, they're bringing it back, and the reason they're bringing it back, which they're going to probably dispute or whatever, and you go to the Wikipedia page and it tells you, because uh, McMahon denied that the timing of the announcement was meant to coincide with a recent ratings downturn being experienced by the NFL explaining that, quote, what has happened there is their business, and I'm not going to knock those guys, but I am going to learn from their mistakes as anyone if they were tasked with reimagining a new football league, which sounds cool, but... It sounds cool, especially since imaginating isn't actually a word. (laughs) So, (laughs) reimagining... if I said imaginating, that's my Oh, bad. shit. Okay, well, we can edit that out. I, I, I was, <laughs> no, I was no, trying no. to drag you, Chuck. I thought that that was... I, sure. I, I thought that that sounded like a thing that Vince McMahon would actually write. <laughs> no, it totally I think, did. I think my it's pop real filter to me. got in the way there or something. Uh, but, okay, so the XFL is going to discourage political gestures by players during games, such as, for example, taking a knee in protest... And will forbid any player with a criminal record from participating. He justified this by stating that the XFL would, quote, be evaluating a player based on many things, including the quality of human being they are, and (laughs) that people don't want social and political issues coming into play when they're trying to be entertained. So apparently politics are too extreme for the extreme football. Right. You well, know, like having a political voice. This is this is a natural outcome, right? Because Vince McMahon has been very vocal about the the Black Lives Matter demonstrations in NFL games. And this is where this idea got its uh its its renaissance. Right. Um because he's out there going like, well, I mean, the reason NFL ratings are tanking is because you're letting black people like say stuff uh by kneeling during the national anthem and you know disrespecting the troops as if vince mcmahon has ever given a one single shit about the troops in his entire life oh he sent plenty of wrestlers over to entertain the troops at those uso shows or whatever uh at these endless wars and in 
the uh, Middle East and all that. <laughs> okay, I'm sure, I'm, I'm so, sure he dude, did, he... and I'm sure that he got a little <laughs> bonus every time he every time he did that, you know. But no, this it's is called patriotism. It's absolutely, <laughs> it's it's hilarious. It's, it's this is the the thing right. that, that people do all the time, uh, like the the paleo conservatives saying like we're taking politics out of this thing and we're only gonna like do this as if you know uh, like a, a neutral politics isn't its own right. politics you know well to say right. like we're taking politics out of it and forcing everyone to stand for the national <laughs> right? anthem yeah. it's like Seriously. uh what <laughs> yeah that still seems kind of political right. there yeah. But I think this league is still doomed to fail unless they just go like full WWE, you know, and they just script the whole thing and they're just doing crazy stunts out there or whatever. I mean, that's what I want to see. I mean, why why Mm -hmm. do this fake sports thing when you could just do it WWE style? And just predetermine it and like hey, have, you know have pyrotechnics or, and stuff. Who knows? Or go Dude, like have theatrics. Go go like yeah. full Ender's game and just have very, oh. very basic rules and let people introduce new elements to the play. You know, like <laughs> we're gonna bring a fucking trampoline in. Okay. You know? Like Oh hell yeah. yeah. Like no. people could like paint like a fake ball on their oh, jersey yeah, or whatever right. and be like, "Who's got the ball?" Yep. Oh no! Like everybody well, suddenly guys. tears down a Velcro tab and it looks like everybody's holding the football all at once. <laughs> Absolutely. Are you using like even... trip wires? You know, like you know, two running backs <laughs> are gonna like run one direction and just like trip most of the defensive line. Hell yeah! They don't even. have... I would watch the shit uh... out of that sport. You guys want me to watch soccer, but I would watch this XFL. Dude, I'm still I'm still gonna make an attempt to get you to watch soccer because I think that hey when they when I, they start being able to throw down like <laughs> smoke bombs I will watch soccer yeah I'm only watching uh, X soccer they do that but they're not supposed to be able to <laughs> but but I but I can show you that so you have well, something to look forward in 2018 but what I'm saying here is this is such a knee jerk reaction type of idea not really baked in careful planning. They don't even have cities planned yet. Right. So previously they had eight teams in the entire league. This time they're going to have eight teams, but they don't have anything planned yet. So I think that there needs to be a concerted effort to get a team in Omaha. I'm thinking that there's a market for <laughs> XFL podcasting oh, yeah. or XFL's live streaming, and we need to get in on that market. So I'm 100% behind I that. I love that. And if you can find, you know, a team full of mediocre white guys that are interested in playing football, <laughs> you know, I mean, that's really yeah. what this is kind a, of a fully a fully uh, political podcast based on a stated apolitical, like extreme version of football. I love it. Yeah. No, absolutely. Well, you know, it's immediately going to be politicized when tomorrow Trump tweets out like, "I'm all in on the XFL." Oh, Hashtag right. stand for the anthem. Well, here's or the thing. Vince McMahon's wife is like the head of the Small Business Administration. <laughs> right, exactly. For Donald Trump, and Donald Trump is known for tanking the entire United USFL experimental like fall yeah. United States Football League. Right. So I think we just figured out Trump's like post impeachment redemption story when be- he wins <laughs> his team wins the first. Uh, the first XFL championship, or whatever, or his downfall when he uh, causes a record amount of deaths that cause all football to be. You know, I just, I just want to, I just want somebody to <laughs> dump uh, an entire what? cooler of like icy Gatorade on Eric Trump and watch him just like completely break down <laughs> crying. Okay. Oh, for sure. So yeah. So to oh, to, to wrap up this high note. Um, oh, uh, one other thing though. Oh, one other thing. Go for it. Real quick, there's no cheerleaders in the XFL. Yeah, I was just going to say. So to note. you know, it, it's not going to have cheerleaders because hashtag Me Too has gone too far, and it's not going to hire players who have <laughs> arrest records, which is another way of saying we're just basically against like blacks. Um, so so <laughs> loudmouth people. Yeah, so like the the late '90s XFL build itself as being like not your dad's football. And and the new yeah. version of the we XFL is absolute jail. like this is absolutely your dad's football. It's like your dad is <laughs> going to watch this one because they have to stand for the national anthem. 
Yeah. He's like, here, they care about the fundamentals. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Of the game. (laughs) Absolutely. I'm looking forward to it. I'm waiting for him to bring back Slam Ball. When's that coming back? That that was like the trampoline (laughs) basketball one. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I watch that constantly just because I was like, any second now, these dudes are just going to, it's going to be carnage. Right. Like, these dudes are just going to, I've been on a trampoline and it never ends oh, well no, sure. I mean, when, you're, like, when you're getting crazy it, on the trampoline. They probably did shut it. Probably what happened was they had a match that they meant to televise, but one dude literally got decapitated and they're like, well, okay, this <laughs> yeah. works done. I bet they edited it out. They didn't broadcast the games live or whatever. They probably edited all sure. that out before the broadcast. So there must be just like reels and reels and reels of tape everywhere of people like getting racked on oh, metal man. springs. <laughs> it's going into his face first and being like, ooh, okay, we uh, cut, cut, <laughs> time out. Yeah, breaking I mean, ankles I, and I shit. can remember yeah. watching that Mick World, like McDonald's commercial back in the day <laughs> where the guys were playing against like a robotic uh, like backboard, you know, jumping off of trampolines mm. and stuff. And and even when I was like nine years old going like, oh, man, like that looks super dangerous. That that can't that probably isn't a good sport. <laughs> well, any day now, I think uh, maybe after the XFL fails again, uh, Vince McMahon can bring back slam ball. Yeah. Slam well, ball. Oh, do you remember when that guy was running for mayor? I mean, we had the two primary candidates. Well, you had the incumbent and then you had Heath Mello. So it was Gene Stother, Heath Mello. And then Taylor Royal came out of oh, nowhere. Yeah. And that dude was like, dude, we're going to solve all of Omaha's problems. We're going to get an NFL team. That's what everybody <laughs> right. wants. It's going to bring people from miles around like Field of Dreams kind of <laughs> shit. Except that's baseball. But we're going to do that with football. And he totally you know, just got smacked down. I think he's running for treasurer or some shit now. But we need to oh, take Oh, he'll that. be back. He'll be back. We need to take that attitude to the XFL and get that shit in Omaha because oh, I would definitely guy, I mean, go to it. That Taylor Royal dude was 100% like hashtag MAGA like before it was cool. So you right. know he's going to be all up on the XFL right now. Right. So um, <laughs> no, he was just playing the long game, man. He's been uh, he's been seeing it through. I mean, he's going to make it happen. Dude, we need to make the XFL great again. That dude's going to ruin that shit. <laughs> <laughs> well, and if it does fall through, you know, I mean, like Pornhub has been really politically active, kind of progressive lately, uh, talking about net neutrality and all sorts of stuff. So if the XFL falls, <laughs> right. We went, and Burger we, King. Yeah, 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 Burger King. Uh, we we could end up with a triple XFL, oh, which would be, you know, just you know porn what? stars playing like trampoline <laughs> football against each other. You know what they would do if they were smart? This is if they were smart, and then I'll get off this for I a while. I thought the porn and, XFL and if was a pretty good idea, but go ahead. And if anyone in the XFL is listening, you, you give me a call. But <laughs> you... You get them to get sponsored by mega churches that are already receiving <laughs> tax write-offs because they're, you know, they they're not corporate entities or whatever. Right. And then they totally bring in stadiums and right. stuff. Oh boom. No, that's yep. a good point because the games are already on Sundays. So all you have to do is just open the game with a prayer. Sure. And then boom, ha, you have you, you're a religion. Your whole church service served chili in the auditorium, and then everybody comes back and watches the the live. It, that would be cross FL though, right? Not X. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, well, crucified. So that would be X. Okay, yeah, crux shoot. FL. <laughs> Oh, dude, Crux FL, C-R-U-X. Oh, dude. Okay. <laughs> we're, we're... I hope you guys want to become millionaires because it's going to happen to all right. of us here pretty soon. <laughs> well, that was a great high note. Hopefully you all feel inspired out there. And if you've got any ideas to add to to our wonderful uh, XFL idea, Crux FL, reach out to us. And you can Hit do us that up with by... your suggested uh, XFL team names. There's going to be some good ones for sure. Absolutely. Hit us up with those. You can find us on all the social media where you catch all these great episodes. Be sure to like us on iTunes. Share us with your friends. And also follow us individually on Twitter. You can find me at Shaggy2Trope. Brendan, where can they find you? I'm at Brendan Williams with one L. And Matt, where are you at? At Matt the Great with the W. All right. Thanks, everybody. And we'll see you next Cheers. week. Cheers. God bless.
Little screen. 